1: If we give hearty approval for which we know is wrong, we have no excuse and we will be condemned. Welcome to Core Truth Radio,
0: a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
1: We're going to be in Exodus chapter 9. I entitled this message, Still no change. Now we saw last time that God started unleashing certain plagues on Pharaoh to cause him to fall on his knees and repent of his sins. Let's not forget, Pharaoh is guilty of many things, but he's got some big things that he's guilty of. He turned God's people, God's chosen people, the apple of his eye, he turned them into slaves. He stripped God's people of their dignity. He turned them over to forced labor. He's lowered them from being treated any kind of humane way to worsen animals. Then on top of that, he started killing their babies. Any male baby that was born was killed in an effort to curb their numbers because they were populating so fast. So who knows of all the abuses on top of that, of all the Hebrew girls that turned into women. Who knows what the Egyptian men did to all those women of God. But God saw everything that ever happened. And now judgment is coming. Just like when you look at the United States. Now that we've turned from this one nation under God to trusting in science. We're going to trust in science. We're going to put all our hope in science. And it's like, hmm, how's that worked out? So judgment is coming to America. It's coming to the whole world because they've rejected God. And they're going to stand before God. So just like Egypt was the first world governing empire and God is going to take it to its knees. America is going to be humbled and the whole world will be humbled. Moses has told Pharaoh to let God's people go. And in acts of power, God has demonstrated what we've already seen, that he means business. We looked at a couple of weeks ago, he turned the Nile River into blood. Frogs were unleashed on the people and they were everywhere. It says they were in your kitchen cabinets and they were even in their beds. Pharaoh said, you know, that the people of God could go, just stop the frogs. You know, just get rid of the frogs and I'll, I'll let the people go. So Moses prayed, the frogs were all died and they put them up in big old heaps and the place stunk like you could ever imagine here. But then he reneged. He broke his word, but he didn't just break it. He broke it to God. He said, no, you can't go. No, I'm not gonna let you go anywhere. Then God sent biting gnats all over them. Then he said, okay, take the people and go. Then he changed his mind again. Then God sent flies and insects. So many that Pharaoh once again said, go, you can leave at once. But once Moses prayed to stop the plague, Pharaoh changed his mind once again, and would not let God's people go. So today we read together, starting in Exodus chapter nine, picking up in verse one, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh. Notice Moses is doing all the talking now. We, Aaron's not not doing the talking, Moses is. Go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse, Pharaoh, to let them go and you continue to hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will come with a very severe pestilence and your livestock, which are in the field and on your horses, on your donkeys, on your camels, on your herds and all your flocks but the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. Verse five, the Lord set a definite time saying, tomorrow, the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, just like he said, and all the livestock of Egypt died, but the livestock of the sons of Israel, not one died. Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourself handfuls of soot from a kiln, and let Moses throw it towards the sky in the sight of Pharaoh, and it will become fine dust over the land of Egypt and it will become boils breaking out with sores on man and beast through all the land of Egypt. So they took the soot from the kiln and they stood before Pharaoh and Moses threw it towards the sky and it became boils breaking out with sores on man and beast. And the magicians you know, could not stand before Moses because of the boils for the boils were on the magicians as well as on All the Egyptians and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not listen to them just as the Lord had spoke to Moses. Wow, wow, look what's happened here. Notice verse one. God said, these are my people and they are to serve me. Know this, Christian, understand. We are called to know God personally. We are all called to worship him freely. We are all called to serve God willingly. Now look at how God structured this next plague. This was to, you know, take any excuses away from Pharaoh in case he thought it was something other than God doing it. God said, your livestock are going to die. But those of my people, the Hebrews, you know, will all be spared and not die. Remember, here's Egypt. Right next door is the land of Goshen where all the Hebrews lived, okay? So it's just like just a line in the sand that God is gonna draw. And he says, I'm gonna spare them. Now, why would God do this? Well, to show himself all powerful. But let's not miss the most obvious. God was not punishing his people He was only punishing the Egyptians. You know, there's many Christians that will say, oh yes, I believe that Christians are gonna go through the tribulation period. What do you stand on to say something that bozo? It's like all through the scripture, God has never poured his personal wrath on his people. Okay, this is just another example of it. Do you remember back in Noah's day? It's like, it took a hundred years for Noah to build the ark. But the first drop of rain didn't happen until that door was sealed up and it says God sealed the door. And when those were the righteous people, Noah, his wife, his three sons, his three sons' wife, and then he unleashed hell on the earth and every single human being was wiped out because of their wickedness. God destroyed everyone but Noah and his family. Okay, again, you had the situation with Abraham pleading for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, God says, I'm going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because of their sin. He says, it's rising up to me. I can't take how much sin is in that city. I'm going to destroy it. And, you know, Abraham's like, whoa. You can't just destroy it. What if there's 50 righteous people? And of course, he whittles that number all the way down because he's thinking, yeah, that place is pretty wicked. I doubt if there's 50 righteous people. But he finally says, well, what if there's just 10 people? 10 righteous people. God says, I won't destroy it if there's 10 righteous people. But there wasn't 10 righteous people. So God sent angels in. And the one guy that was supposedly righteous, which was Lot, who had completely become a backslidden, slack Christian, he totally assimilated with his culture. You couldn't even tell he was a Christian. God sent angels in to grab him physically. They had to drag him out with his wife and his two daughters. Then once they were drawn out, again, God, being gracious and merciful, took them out. He rained fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. And here's just another example here. It's like God has drawn a line like, hey, listen, I'm not going to punish my people because I'm punishing you. So he drew a line right there in the sand. But many ask, well, why did all the Egyptians have to suffer just because you got Bozo Pharaoh making all these bad decisions here and he's got a callous heart? But see, that isn't true. That isn't true. For the people of Egypt, they were all benefiting from God's people being turned into slaves. They all went along with it, just like the people in Germany in World War II supported Adolf Hitler, even when he was killing six million Jewish people in concentration camps. See, they were all guilty because they allowed it to happen. And the same goes for us today. For those people that support and vote for pro-abortion politicians, they will have to face a judgment for that because we have aborted 62 million babies here in America. That's just the ones that are recorded. Who knows what we've done besides what's recorded? And you're thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, just because I voted for someone who's pro-abortion, you're saying, I'm going to be guilty of that? Yes, because the Bible says you will be guilty of that. The Bible says in Romans one thirty two that if we give hearty approval for which we know is wrong, we have no excuse and we will be condemned. That's thus saith the Lord God. So you have to be careful. So you might say, well, I don't believe in abortion myself but I do believe it should happen. And you know, even though I wouldn't do it, but you give hearty approval of it. You will face condemnation because of that decision. Then I just wanna say, since we got on the topic here, I didn't mean to get on that topic. But if there's anyone here today that has had an abortion, I want you to know that there is forgiveness for you. Absolute forgiveness. But you have to come to the Lord and you have to acknowledge what you've done. And you have to say, God, I'm sorry for that. And if you do, not only will God forgive you, and cleanse you. But I can promise you that little boy or that little girl that was aborted, they are in heaven and they will be waiting for you when you get to heaven one day. And they'll have a big smile on their face and there'll be no guilt and no shame in your life. Yes, God made a distinction in his wrath to be squarely on the shoulders of the Egyptians. But it also seemed like God wanted to dispel any doubt in Pharaoh's heart that there was not any coincidence with these plagues, you know, that they weren't some random acts of nature like some movies have suggested. And let me just tell you, some of these movies, like the movie Noah with, uh, who was the guy that played in a uh, gladiator, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's like that was the most worst movie ever, most unbiblical movie. And then there was another one. I think it had Christian Bale in it, you know, Exodus, you know, it's like, you know, it's like that movie had nothing to do with what the Bible says. So again, you have to be careful, especially these recent movies that depict biblical themes, unless they're made by a Christian company or something like that, because they're horrible and they're not biblical whatsoever. But that's a whole nother story. But somehow, you know, through a shift of bad luck, you know, God wanted to make sure that Pharaoh knew this wasn't a shift of bad luck. This is all because of you, buddy, and the decisions that you've made. And things didn't just turn sour naturally. No, this is the mighty hand of God moving against you, Pharaoh. And God drew a line where the plague was going to stop. And it will only affect the animals of Egypt and not the people of God's animals, then before they could even catch their breath from the devastation of all those animals dying, Pharaoh's heart is hardened once again. You know, when we're caught up in our own sin, when, you know, we rarely see the pain that our sin is causing those around us, our spouses, our children, our family members, friends, you know, it's like, and that's with Pharaoh. He is so in his own world that he's not realizing that as God is bringing these plagues, it's not just him. It's his entire people, all of his people, all of his nations. You know, so when we have these leaders like today that are leading our country and making bad decisions and weakening America, it affects us all, does it not? Well, it's the same thing here with Pharaoh. Nothing changes with time. Just time changes, but everything stays the same. And Pharaoh's heart, again, is hard. And it is causing pain on everyone around him. And now the people of Egypt are smitten with boils all over their bodies. I remember when I was little growing up, my dad had a boil. I remember, I remember this vividly because I was looking at it, and it was the grossest thing I'd ever seen in my life up to that point. All I remember was it was oozing. this nasty stuff was like Dr. Pimple Popper before she came out. I mean, it was just nasty. And now these people are all suffering because of the choices that they've made in supporting Pharaoh and his choices. Notice, this is the first time that human health has been targeted with the actual plagues of God. God is trying to break this arrogant leader. God told him what was going to happen to the animals. He told him when it was going to happen. And he was taken away with all of this. And it didn't affect Pharaoh whatsoever he didn't realize, like, wait a minute, I'm dealing with the God of the universe. I can't win this battle. Even his own soothsayers and magicians and all those, you know, people that come and, you know, give him wisdom and all that, they're all telling him, don't mess with this God here. He's bigger than us. But Pharaoh simply refused to listen to anyone around him or to believe, which brings up our point, still exalting. Verse 13, then the Lord said to, Moses, rise up in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, thus, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For this time, I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For if by now I had put, put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. Like I would have already wiped you out, verse 16. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. Still... You exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. Behold, about this time tomorrow, I will send a very heavy hail, such as not been seen in Egypt from the day that it was founded until now. And now, therefore, send, uh, uh being your livestock and whoever you have in the field to safety. Like you better warn people; they better bring their animals under cover. Every man and beast that is found in the field and, and is not brought home, when the hell comes down on them, they will all die. Verse 20. And the one among the servants of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord made his servants and his livestock flee to his houses. so some of the people now, they're not listening to their leader anymore. Man, they're saying... Okay, whatever God said, oh, we're going to do. We're going to bring in whatever animals are left that haven't died already. We're going to put them in under, under cover. Verse 21, but he who paid no regard to the word of the Lord left his servants and the livestock in the field. Now the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky and hail may fall on the land of Egypt, on man and beast and on every plant in the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his staff towards the sky and the Lord sent thunder and hail, get this, and fire ran down from the earth. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt, so that there was there, that like it has not been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. Verse 25. And the hail struck all that was in the field through the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and the hail also struck every plant of the field and shattered every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel were. There was no hell. Wow, that's a lot of text, but you just gotta see how the whole thing unfolded. Notice in verse 15, God tells Pharaoh, if I would have put my hand towards you, you would have been vaporized, all of you. I could have just wiped you all out. Yet in verse 16, God allowed him to still exist, to show his power throughout the known world. And that was true. Everyone was getting... The gist of what was happening, and people were fearing the Lord all over the world. Think about this: it was forty years later that when God's people finally entered the Promised Land. Remember Rahab the prostitute? She was at Jericho, and Joshua had sent in you know spies to spy out Jericho because it was high walled cities. Like how are we going to take down this mighty fortress? And she, and he sent spies in, and Rahab protected the spies, and this is what Rahab said to the spies when they came because they were a little overwhelmed with the high walls of Jericho. But this is what Rahab said to him in Joshua 2, 9. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. What terror? because they heard what happened to Egypt and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea after they came out of Egypt and before when you came out of Egypt, when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you, for the Lord your God, he is the God of heaven above and on earth beneath. See, so everything that the Lord was doing, wicking on all these different plagues, the word was spreading throughout the world. Don't mess with the God of the Hebrews. Yes, people like Rahab, they heard what God did in Egypt and they believed in God. Just like here in Exodus in verse 20, the Egyptians that feared God, they stayed inside. Notice that? God's pouring grace out on those who have ears to hear. But those who didn't listen, you know, and they just listened to their national leader, Pharaoh. They all died. We're never to listen to those in power over us if we're being told something contrary to the Word of God. Remember, the heart of God is always seeking to save those who are lost. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. God wants to save you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. And at the same as it was back here, because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Notice there's hail and fire poured out of the sky on man and beast. Hail is like full ice cubes dropping out of the sky at, you know, an incredible amount of speed, and then fire. Like, where's that ever happened before you got hail, ice cubes, and fire at the same time? Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine the devastation? God was demonstrating his great power on this nation who's killed and tortured his people. Let's not lose track of why God's doing this. This nation has killed and tortured his people, and now they're paying for it, and they did it for hundreds of years. See, God is willing to forgive those who repent, but make no mistake about it. Those who are not willing to repent, there is coming a horrendous day of judgment. This is why, again, it's so important for us as believers you know, to do what? To get over ourselves, to get over our shyness, to get over our embarrassment about talking about Jesus. And we need to be willing to speak the truth of God's word in a reasonable way where people can hear the truth. It's very important to all of those that are around us. We need to sit down and say, look, I just want you to understand this. They might say, well, I don't believe that at all. You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the, but the end is the way of death. And this is why it's worth speaking this truth to people. You know, because one day there's going to be a horrendous judgment. You should read Revelation chapter 20. It says that every book is going to be open. Imagine everything you've ever done wrong is recorded in that book. Now, ours have been forgiven if you're a Christian but it's like everyone you know, everything they did, every little white lie, everything they thought that was wrong is in that book, and they're gonna to to be judged by that. On the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter seven, Jesus said, there's gonna be many in that day who say, Lord, wait a minute, we knew you, we did things for you, and he's gonna look at them and say, I never knew you, depart from me, you cursed creature. Wow, wow, because people think that they're good. We have to let them understand the bad news. The bad news is no one is good. We've all sinned. But the good news is that Jesus can forgive us. Notice in verse 17, Pharaoh still exalted himself. Really? You still exalted yourself? Which brings up our third and quick final point here, still hardened. Look what happens in verse 27. Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron. He said to them, I have sinned. Oh, it's about time. Okay. I have sinned this time. The Lord is the righteous one and I and my people are the wicked ones. Okay. Now we're making some headway here. Verse 28. He says, make supplication to the Lord for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail and I will let you go and you shall stay no longer. And Moses said to him, as soon as I go out of the city, I will spread up my hands to the Lord and the thunder will cease, and there will be hail no longer, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But, (laughs) as for you and your servants, I know that you do not fear the Lord God. Now, the flax and the barley were ruined, for the barley was in the ear of the flax and the bud. But the wheat and the spelt, they were not ruined, for they ripened later. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, and he spread out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and he hardened his heart. He and his servants and Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not let the sons of Israel go just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Wow. I mean, this guy, his elevator's stuck in the basement. This guy is not the sharpest tool in the shed. But wait a minute. Even though all those things are true, what about us? What about when we sin? What about when we're guilty of doing what we know is wrong? How many times does the Holy Spirit warn us? How many times do we almost get caught and think, Oh Lord, I'll never do that again. Only to fall back into the pit of despair all over again.
0: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also get via our app and online at corechurchla.org or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 347.